What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and The Shiznit. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Pot of Thrones. Thrones, this, Pot of Thrones, Pot this, of Thrones. This is the season five recap, getting everybody all geared up and hyped up and getting you ready for season six that kicks off next Sunday. Well, this Sunday, 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 the 24th, it's this Sunday. Right, this Sunday, this Sunday, next Sunday. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I hear you though. But uh, I am your host. King in the West, Dino Red. And with me, I always have my road dog, my right-hand man, my main man, the Trump Slayer, Lord Latone. Right, Lord Latone. (laughs) Hector of Black America. How are you doing, everybody? (laughs) Game of Thrones season six. It always feels like it takes two years for the next season to start. But I'm glad that we're here to recap season five in case you forgot. I don't know how you could have, but let's get it started. We kick off season five last season. Tommen is crowned king of Westeros because you remember his brother Joffrey had passed. And Marjorie is now the new queen. Right. Which big, big, big problem for Cersei. Mm-hmm. Cersei a lot because... At the start of the season, we see a prophecy. When Cersei was about 13, she went and saw a witch called Maggie the Frog. Because she like your froggy style? I mean, I don't know. I've never got over to the Westerlands, but (laughs) if I I do. (laughs) I'd give it to her froggy style. Sheath and find out. (laughs) The Frog told young, mean-ass Cersei, because Cersei's always mean. She was mean as a little girl. From birth. She would have three children. She would marry the king, and she would have three children, and gold would be their crowns, and gold would be their shrouds, and then a new younger queen would take her place. But wait, though, she said something too. Like she said, the king is gonna have like eighteen kids, and you gonna have like three. She's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Robert Baratheon, yet because <laughs> Robert his, war, his warhammer goes everywhere. Robert Baratheon was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling Stone. He was he was letting them tadpoles swim all <laughs> throughout Westeros. So Cersei's always a little paranoid because of that. She's always worried about her kids dying. One of them already has. And she's always worried about a new younger queen taking her power, taking her place. 
And I think she's manifested that into Marjorie, who is now banging the hell out of Tommen and has Tommen ready to, well, has Tommen suggesting that she move back to Casterly Rock in in the Westerlands. That's right. Because nobody, no dude wants his mom around when he tearing it up on the regular. And no, nobody wants their mom around making their new woman uncomfortable. No, because if she's uncomfortable, she's less inclined to give it up. Exactly. And Tommen has discovered that, mm, and he's not ready to give it up. No, he's not. <laughs> he's like, can we do it again? <laughs> can we? That was that was beautiful. I'm, I'm, I, that's all I want to do is sit in the bed and do it all day. Tommen was was pretty funny. I mean, you know. yeah, yeah. Tommen's like, Tommen's like. Yards did. <laughs> he put a crown on the pussy. I mean, that's that's something most of us can't say. I'll make you the queen, baby. That, that is true. Or we can say it, but we'd be lying. And we mean it figuratively. He did it literally. Exactly. So Cersei, she fears losing her power, you know, because she has power through Tommen. But she really fears losing her power. Mm-hmm. So she goes out and revives the Faith Militant. Now, the Faith Militant is a dormant arm of the military that arrests people for sinful acts. Now, the Faith Militant was around 300 years ago when the first Targaryen kings were there, and they're basically religious zealots. I mean, they do stuff like close Littlefinger's brothel. They arrest Loras Tyrell for being homosexual. They even arrest Marjorie for perjury, and eventually they turn on Cersei and arrest her for incest. Why? Because the Faith Militant they adhere to the letter of the seven-pointed star. So if it said it in the seven-pointed star, which is their Bible, there's no gray area. If the seven-pointed star says you can't wear green, if you wear green, it's a sin. Man, you had me at they closed Littlefinger's brothel. As soon as they did that shit, it's like, they got to go. They got to go. They fucking up shit. They got to go. Remember, and it's funny, when they closed Littlefinger's brothel, the High Septon was in there, and he was working on his menage a trois. He was like, who do you want? And he was like, I'd like the maiden and the stranger. Right, exactly. <laughs> dressed up like the seven gods. Mm-hmm. Going to a, 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 a brothel in Vegas and saying, I'd like Jesus and Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And I get um, Harry. But that, that was nuts. I remember laughing at that. Like, really? You get prostitutes <laughs> in, in deity form? I'll take the Virgin, the Virgin Mary for three hundred, Alex. Yeah, let me get the Virgin Mary, and can I? I also get. Hmm. Well, who's the woman that David married? I'd like one of them. Um, Bathsheba. I get Bathsheba in there. Can I get that? That'd be nice. So that was interesting. Then we're introduced to the High Sparrow, mm-hmm. who is the leader of the sparrows and this new branch, this new religious militism. Lord, Lord Turtle. What do they call him? Lord Sparrow. And he doesn't have any shoes on. <laughs> he, he is raggedy. He looks homeless. <laughs> He's making like a street flavored gumbo. And everybody's, you know, enjoying it very well. Cersei gets thrown in the cage and she ends up confessing to sleeping with her cousin, Lancel, who's actually the one that dropped the dime. And Lancel Lannister, who she used to sleep with, he's now, you know, been born again. And he's cut a star on his forehead. And he tells everybody that he slept with Cersei that he conspired to kill Robert and that all of her kids are from Jamie. He tells the Sparrow that, and that's why Cersei's locked up. Yeah. But, okay. you know, the, the Sparrow made it seem like Lancel uh, confessed, but I, I feel like he was probably in there bragging, like, you know, I hit that, right? 
you know, I do. I used to tear that shit up from the back. Lancel's a little different now. He seems because the Sparrow even said he came to me broken, and because now he seems really righteous, self righteous. Yeah, he's self righteous. All right, that's really? true. They're all self righteous. So Chloe Kardashian throws Cersei in a cell and tells her to confess, 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 throwing water on the floor, and eventually. Cersei does confess, but she only confesses to sleeping with Lancel. Right. Denies sleeping with Jamie. Denies. Is conspiring to kill King Robert. Mm-hmm. He's given her freedom, and she's forced to walk bucket naked to the Red Keep for penance until trial, because she still has to go to trial for the other accusations. I have to, I have to confess to the uh, High Sparrow that I would hate fuck Cersei. <laughs> I would I would hate fuck the shit out of her. I don't like the way her lip curls up on the right side. Shit. <laughs> I don't give a damn about her lip curling up. <laughs> Somebody look like she always snarling. <laughs> she had to walk naked through flea bottom and that was really tough. I mean, she didn't have any clothes on. People were throwing piss on her, shit on her. I saw people throw a couple apples at her and that looked tough like at the start of the walk she tried to be strong they stripped her down of her finery but by the end mm-hmm. of the walk when she got to the red keep cersei's face you could tell she was broken she was broken i just have to say that the flea bottom is a fucked up name for part of town and i'm just glad i didn't see any black people in flea bottom because it would have been super fucked up if like the only black people in westeros were all in or in king's landing were all in flea bottom well, there's no black people allowed in King's Landing. All the black people are pirates. That's yeah. the only way you're living in Westeros. You have to be a pirate. Right. You got to boat and raid and shit like that. Yeah. Or you can be like a bodyguard or something. Like yeah, Ob- you, can, you can be the help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Oberyn's bodyguard. Yeah. You can be the help. You can be the help. Now, when she gets to the castle, her friend Kyburn, a.k.a. Gargamel, has a <laughs> gift. The reanimated mountain. Franken Mountain. That's right. Uh... The hound's brother, the mountain that rides, who was poisoned by Oberyn, somehow he brought him back to life. And Cersei looks like... Do you still think the hound's alive, too? You know my theory. Unless you <laughs> see Lord go into them, they're alive. Oh, oh my I God. I believe the hound is alive, and I believe your boy, your favorite, Stannis, is alive. <laughs> Not my favorite. <laughs> but I digress. We have to move along. While all this is happening in King's Landing, Jamie Lannister heads to Dorne with Bronn to rescue Marcella from the Martells. Now, Cersei led Jamie to believe the Martells are trying to kill Marcella because they sent a snake with a necklace. They sent like a little, what was that, like a little pop-up puppet or something like that? You remember that little snake? Yeah, it's a threat. Yeah, it was like a threat. So Jamie and Bronn are headed to Dorne. On a creep mission. Right. Now they're not in a Lannister boat. They're on they're laying low in a merchant ship. And this is where Bronn sings the classic song, I've tasted the Dornish man's wife. I, I you know, and I enjoy that song. I've tasted the Dornish man's wife. Yeah. And yeah. they're on the boat talking about, Hey, I gotta go get my niece and Bronn's like, Your niece? Right. <laughs> like Everybody knows. Yeah, drop the facade. Come on, man. You ain't got a lot of me. I'm the homie, man. We're, we're, we're going down here to do a creep mission. You ain't got a lot of me. Bron, like, Jamie, you ain't got a lie to kick it. Yeah, I know I know it's your daughter. <laughs> I know Cersei, 
you know, even though Dino Red wants to hit it, you're the only one that's hitting it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robert wasn't even hitting. I know you're the only one. Only one. They pass um they pass the island of Tarth. You, you saw that moment and Jamie looked and he was like, Oh, you know, that's that's Tarth. Yeah, oh. where Brienne is from. That's the first time we saw it, a little island of Tarth, so that was kinda cool seeing that. And while they're in Dorne, Jamie finds yes, yeah. Jamie finds a new use for his golden hand. I'm gonna give a shout out to Dino who said that maybe that hand attachment could come in as a weapon. Yeah. Maybe he should just put a blade on it on his arm. Well, that's what I was saying. He should have multiple attachments for different you know, different uses. He could be like Baraka on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. And there's a what do you? I think there was a Transformer or something like that too, or Decepticon, something like that. There, there was there's there was other little toys or whatever like that where one of the guys you know had different utility hands and stuff like that. You have one with a sword, one with a shield, one with a you know one with a fist. Yeah, just all these different hands that uh, attachments. He should holler at Kyburn and get some attachments. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Kyburn could hook him up. Ball and chains, some swords, get him everything, man. He yeah. Can do it. Then we meet the Sand Snakes. Mm-hmm. Where these are Oberyn Martell, the Red Viper's daughters, and they want vengeance. Mm-hmm. One of them has a whip. One of them has a spear. And what's the other one have? She just has her poison and her sexiness. And Two her titties. <laughs> which, <laughs> which might be the deadliest weapon there. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> titties and dragons. Shout out to Lamont. Lamont! <laughs> we finally get to see Dorne. We finally get to see the Water Gardens. And, and that's dope. You know, the Water Gardens. We hear about the Water Gardens for the last four seasons. The Water Gardens of Dorne and how beautiful and Spanish it looks. And we finally meet another brother. Yes. We meet another brother, brother in the planet of Planet Taros. Did you know that's the planet they're on? I mean, we're in Westeros and there's Essos and there's Sotheros. But the whole planet is called Planet, planet Taros. Yes, I knew that. Yes, so we meet another brother. He's a security guard. His name is Aria Hota. He has a big blade, and he's the man. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Now, there's a little skirmish between the Sand Snakes, Bron, <laughs> and Jamie, when they're trying to kidnap Marcella, which is pretty whack. Pretty comical. Yeah, which is terrible. It kind of seems like a, it almost looks like a Saturday Night Live skit. You know what would have made that scene perfect? Had they been playing in the background? Keystone capers. <laughs> and then they had sped it up and have it in fast motion, had him running around. <laughs> Perfect. That yeah. would have fit. That would have made it work. Yeah. After they meet, you know, Bron gets thrown in jail with the Sand Snakes and Jamie meets Doran Martell. Now, Doran decides to let Jamie go on the condition that his son. Tristane gets to replace Oberyn on the small council. What's interesting to note is that the Martells have always been loyal to the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Always been loyal to the crown. Mm-hmm. Now, they're the only part of you know Westeros that didn't kneel, but they kind of made a decision to be loyal to the crown, and they still are. That's part of the Martells thing. They're loyal to the crown, but usually through marriages. So this marriage with Tristane and Marcella is very important to them because that's how they maintain a lot of power. Right. Oberyn's sister, Elia, was married to Rhaegar Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Kind of been the Doran thing. Like, we're going to be loyal to the crown through marriage. That's our thing. You know, you can't conquer us, but through marriage. So he was like, hey, I'm going to let you guys go. Tommen's the king. Long as Tommen's sister still marries my son, we're down. Right. It's all no. good. 
Exactly. Now they get ready to head back to King's Landing, but Marcella dies. Not before she has a tender moment with her uncle father, in which she <laughs> says to her dad, father, hey, it's okay. I know you love mom. <laughs> Everybody knows. You can't help who you love. And it's a really good moment because Jamie always feels persecuted and he's always hiding who he really is. But his daughter tells him, hey, I love you and I, I understand. And I'm happy for y'all. And then she dies in his arms. Why does she die? Product Be- of incest. <laughs> yeah, the, inc- <laughs> the incest genes eventually kicked in. And <laughs> eventually, like, you know, she started hearing West Virginia music. <laughs> Going blind and everything. <laughs> no, she actually died due to poison. Yes. She was kissed by Oberyn's paramour, side chick, lover, Elaria Sand, mm-hmm. before she got on a boat. And she had poison on her lipstick. Yep. It killed her. So that's where we left Jamie. He's headed back to King's Landing with a dead daughter. And I wonder how Tris Dane's going to deal with that in season six. Oh, my God. Cersei is gone. She was already pissed off at, at Jamie and had written him off. And the only reason why he kind of got back in is because he went on this mission to go bring home Marcella. And he going to bring her home dead. She is going to break her foot off in his ass. And well, <laughs> she's already pissed off. So she might just think like, fuck it. We're going to crush everybody. We're going to crush the Martells. We're going to crush the Sparrows. Oh, no, I, I get that she's going to do that. I'm just saying as, as far as between Jamie, I feel like she's going to write him off. She's just going to like, like first this motherfucker come back with one hand. Now he come back with my with his, with dead daughter. Fuck him. He useless. He can't do shit right. I disagree. I see the opposite. I think she's been in the black cells and she's walked through flea bottom bucket. <laughs> she's gonna want some of that, some of that Kingslayer. No, she ain't. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> she's gonna want to get slayed. <laughs> He's gonna hear me roar, Lannister. She's gonna want some. <laughs> now we cross the narrow sea and we have to join my boy Tyrion and Varys. Now they're on the run from King's Landing from season four after the murder of Tywin Lannister. And my boy Tyrion is in a box. Am I living in a box? Am I living in a cardboard box? Am yep. I living in, He's been in a box for like four months as they cross the sea. Mm-hmm. And he's tired of being in the box. Yep. Shoveling, he's shoveling, shoveling his own feces through little air holes. He's been drinking wine and living in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what Tyrion's been doing since season four. But, <laughs> He finally gets out of the box, and where does Tyrion go? Where does Tyrion go when he finally gets out of the box? Straight to the bar. Straight to the bar slash brothel where he can drink wine and look at raggedy bitches. His, look at look at chicks. His favorite place on earth. It's like Disneyland for Tyrion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're prostitutes and wine. That's where I want to be. But unfortunately, he's kidnapped. By who? Jorah. Jorah Marmount. Captain Friendzone. Who intends to present him to Daenerys in order to regain her favor, you know, because he and Daenerys fell out. So he figures if he brings her the dwarf, Tyrion Lannister, he'll he'll open her arms, she'll open her arms and take him back in. Yeah. He's kind of pathetic, man. There's lots of women out there, man. Go to Dorne. Yeah, there are there are. There are there's lots of women out there. Always women in Dorne. Now, as they continue to Hell, travel... Hell, they had one in the brothel that looked just like her. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He, could, he didn't like that. You remember, he Jorah looked at that, and he was kind of, he was a little insulted. He was like, that's not my Khaleesi. <laughs> Booty cheeks don't look like that. <laughs> now, as Tyrion and Jorah travel, they go through the Doom of Valeria. Now, we hear about the Doom of Valeria. We've never seen it. And even in the books, we don't really get to see the Doom of Valeria. But we travel through the Doom of Valeria, where... Daenerys and all the Targaryens are originally from, which collapsed some some tragic earthquake or hurricane. We don't know what happened. It's the doom. It right. the whole fell apart, and now it's just ruins and smoke. Mm-hmm. They're riding a boat through there, and Jorah ends up getting grayscale because one of the stone men attacks them. Well, several stone men. Yep. Now the stone men are people that have grayscale. Right. Which, is, which is that same disease that Shireen had, had as, a, as a baby, but somehow got cured because almost nobody gets cured from it, but somehow she did. Most people just lose their mind and go crazy, but if you're able to live with it, they exile you and send you to Valeria to live amongst the ruins. Right, but not her because she actually got healed. So Yeah, she, Shireen got healed, but these guys are there and they see uh, you know, Tyrion and Jorah and they decide, hey, let's, let's touch one of them and see if we can give them the cooties. Right. And Jorah gets it. So Jorah has Grayscale. He's living with Grayscale right now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Daenerys is in Marine dealing with her own shit because a group known as the Sons of the Harpy are rebelling against her rule. Sons they're of the killing Harpy. people. They're killing unsullied warriors. They're doing a bunch of little, you know, little attacks. Guerrilla attacks. And they wear the, you know, the Harpy is what symbolizes slavery in, in the free, well, where she's at. So these are the sons of the harpy. I guess that's their cult. Like, we want slavery back. Mm. And in all this, they actually kill my man, Sir Barristan Selmy dies, fighting the sons of the harpy, basically protecting young Obama. Right. Because the sons of the harpy, you know, attacked the Unsullied, and they had young Obama stacked back to back. But I want to give Barristan Selmy props. He went out like a warrior. He took down about 13 or 14 guys. Yep. He went out he like a G. Proved his medal. I mean, that's all you could really want. That's all a warrior wants. A warrior wants to go out with a sword in his hand. So the Sons of the Harpy basically Confederate soldiers. Somewhat. Basically. Yeah. Great analogy, Dino. You went to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great analogy. Now, Daenerys pissed off about the Sons of the Harpy. She decides to feed several of the great masters of Marine to Viserion and Rhaegal because she thinks they're behind it. Right. You know. They're not behind it, but, you know, Viserion doesn't care. He eats, you know, somebody up because those two dragons are in a pit. <laughs> you know, they're they're locked away. Right. Dragon's too smart. Dragon's like, nah, I know, I know the bullshit. You ain't putting me down there. <laughs> like, he's like, a dragon got to be free. Got to spread dragons my wings. Goats and scaring people and eating cows and killing kids. He's, he's doing whatever he feels like. He's living the life of Riley. But his two brothers are in the basement, and Daenerys, you know, is trying to use them, intimidate people to tell her who is behind the sons of the harpy. She doesn't get a confession from anybody, Mm-mm. so she tries another route. Mm-hmm. She agrees to open the fighting pits to reopen them and marry his dar, Zoe Lorak, who's Lionel Richie looking dude. <laughs> you know, he's one of the great masters' family. She decides mm-hmm. to marry him in a political move and open the fighting pits to kind of pacify the citizens of Marine. Yeah, he, he's kind of a bitch ass dude. Well, he's based, you know, he's from Marine. He's like, the tradition is, hey, if we pacify them with games, maybe the Sons of the Harpy will go away. Because they'll be like, hey, you know, Khaleesi's cool. She's giving us back 
are killing in the ring. Yeah, I just mean this whole everything, his demeanor, the way he carries himself, whatever. He doesn't command respect. He's real soft and kind of just bitch made. He's a rich, spoiled kid. Yeah, yeah, he's he whack. Basically all he is. He He's a rich, spoiled kid. Now, in a twist of fate, Jorah and Tyrion appear in the pits because they're kidnapped by another black pirate. <laughs> right, another black pirate, this time at a BC from Oz, catches Tyrion and Jorah, and he buys them. Well, he kidnaps them, then he sells them into slavery, and they end up with a gladiatorial troop, and they end up fighting in the pits. And Jorah is happy because Khaleesi's there and he gets to, you know, look at how good I am with my sword. That's how good I am at sex. <laughs> and then what's, what's funny, though, is like he got great skills, so he can't even uh, hit that even if she let him. Well, she'll just be the great, great dragon. <laughs> so he gonna risk killing her to get some? I don't think so. She'll just be a great dragon. Maybe, maybe yeah. she'll maybe maybe her valerian blood will handle it no, she's she's uh impervious to fire i don't know she ain't impervious to no grayscale i don't think <laughs> maybe, maybe it burns when it pees maybe it won't affect her venereal disease what's body. the matter are you burning exactly maybe he'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> and he, does, he doesn't care he's he's lovesick he's kind of like dino red in the eighth grade over that one girl when yes, he remembers her name. <laughs> now, when Jorah's in the pits, Tyrion realizes Khaleesi's out there, and he walks out there and says, "I'm the gift. I'm Tyrion Lannister of Westeros." And and Daenerys is pretty, you know, intrigued because she wants to take over Westeros, but she doesn't really know anybody from Westeros. Right. And Tyrion is famous. Mm-hmm. You know, after a nice conversation, when they talk about my dad is terrible, your dad is terrible, my dad is terrible, she decides, "Hey, I'm going to employ you." You're gonna be you're gonna be counsel to me, Tyrion. And Tyrion, his first act as her counsel, convinces her to banish Jorah, not to kill him, not to hurt him, because Tyrion recognizes he's in love with you. And you know, a, a leader who kills the people that love her won't inspire respect, love. Right. So Tyrion banishes Jorah, and this fool goes and sells himself back into <laughs> slavery. Yes, he does. Like, not even, like, the next scene. Once he's outside, he looks around. Let me go. Immediately. I mean, immediately. Let me go back into slavery so I can fight for her again. Mm-hmm. Jorah is, oh, Jorah is on the simp squad. P.O.P., hold it down, simp squad. <laughs> Jorah ends up back in the pits. He fights and wins again by the skin of his teeth. And then... He saves Daenerys from one of the sons of the Harpy who appear out of the crowd and are behind her ready to kill her. This is where Dario slacked. How come Dario didn't see the sons of the Harpy guy before Jorah? Well, I mean, Dario is watching the action, which is facing the opposite direction. And Jorah is, is love, so love struck that he's only got eyes for Khaleesi. So he's looking up at her and happens to see dude coming up for the sneak attack from, back, from the back. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you who was really slipping. His dar was slipping. He was just sitting there in his pretty blue robe, and he got stabbed more times than old girl did at the Red Wedding. He he didn't have no situational awareness. He didn't duck, run, move, tilt. He just sat there and got stabbed 42 times. Yeah. Bitch dar. He's, he's gone. Off the show. Yeah. Rest in peace, bitch dar. 
Rest in peace. Now, the Sons of the Harpy come out of everywhere. It appears to be over for Daenerys, Missandre, ooh, you're so sexy, mm-hmm. Dario, and the rest of them. They end up in the middle, the middle of the pit, in the middle of the ring, surrounded by Sons of the Harpy. That's when Daenerys closes her eyes, says a magical prayer, and Dragon, the big black dragon, flies into the arena and starts barbecuing fools. Game over. Now, Game this- over. Because none of the Sons of the Harpy ran. There hasn't been dragons in Westeros in 200 years. And nobody had a, a reaction like, oh, shit, run. No. Nobody. Everybody's like, let's kill the dragon. Really? You haven't seen? You've only heard about dragons and you see one and you fight it. That's and probably, he's that's burning probably, people. That's probably what happened. They were probably awestruck. They just yeah. dumbfounded. After the first four of my homies got cooked up. <laughs> All right, we're going we gonna to take this fight another day. We can't really fuck with the mother of dragons right now. <laughs> they was looking for marshmallows. They was going to put them on little sticks and, and have the dragon roast them. He's in here sauteing <laughs> everybody. Like, let's have a cookout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you on the menu, nigga. <laughs> now, a major moment is while Dragon's in the ring, Daenerys walks over to him and she climbs on top of him. Which is a major moment because ever since the Dance of the Dragons, there haven't been any dragon riders in the world. And she becomes the first dragon rider in over 200 years. She gets on Dragon, She flies away, leaves her comrades behind. Like, fuck y'all. Y'all don't have a dragon. <laughs> and her and Dragon end up in the Dothraki Sea. Yes. She was like, peace out, bitches. Yeah. She leaves her peeps behind. Khaleesi is then kidnapped by Kalisar who is led by Carl Jago, who was one of Drago's blood riders and one of the guys that didn't really care for this foreign queen of Carl Drago's. But he couldn't kick Drago's ass, so he just shut the hell up because Drago pulls people's throats through their neck. Remember that? Right. So, okay. So now, say this guy's name slowly because it sounds like you're saying Drago both times. But I know oh, his name of, is called Jago. Jago. Okay, so he's called Dra- Jago, and, the other, and her, Khaleesi's ex-husband was called Drago. Called Drago, yeah. Right. Okay. Drago and Jago. Drago and Drago. Damn. J and K H. Yeah. So Jago has Khaleesi now, and I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna I don't know if she's gonna be able to seduce him. But she does a smart thing while she's surrounded by the Kalasar, she drops her ring. Ring, yep. She dropped that ring. You know, little Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. Now, Dario and Jorah decide to search for her while Varys shows up in Marine, and him and Tyrion decide to rule Marine in her absence with, you know, young Obama and Missandre. while Dario and Jorah look for Khaleesi, who's a slave right now. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now, your girl, Arya, during all this time, has made it to Bravos. Mm-hmm. We get to see the titan of Bravos over the city. It's huge. It's enormous. And... Arya heads to the house of black and white. Now, Kim and Kanye are not there. It's not that type of black and white. <laughs> what about Michael Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> it's the home of the many-faced God and the faceless men. <laughs> Where a man is. A man says. A man. A man A man would like to know what you're doing at the house of black and white. A man and a bitch in training. <laughs> Your favorite. The way. <laughs> Who looks like a skinny? What's that girl from Girls? <laughs> that show. Yeah, I, that, I never watched it. I don't know the people in the Dunham looks like a skinny Lena Dunham. Oh my God, a skinny Lena Dunham because Lena Dunham's skinny. So 
No, she's not. You don't know who I'm talking about. Lena. Uh, she's not skinny. She's I know the very, name, but I thought she was skinny. No. Okay. Very, very rotund and portly. Oh, okay. My bad. I guess I don't. Now, Arya gets to train with Jack and Hadar, a man, and the faceless men. Now, they're a group of assassins who are able to change their faces at will. Now, her training eventually requires her to track down and kill a target known as the Thin Man. But while she's staking him out, she learns that Mirren Trent, the man who killed her fencing instructor in season one, is in town. She sees him. He's there with um, Mace Terrell. And she goes about following him, pursuing him, stalking him. And she ends up killing him by pretending to be like a little 10-year-old that he likes to bang on. Because right. Mirren Trent is pretty disgusting. He... He likes he likes some R. Kelly style. Yeah. And Mace Terrell is um he's uh he's um Marjorie's father. Marjorie's father, right. Okay. Lawrence, and he's a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Captain Kangaroo. Interesting thing about the Reach is that the men are kind of idiots and the women are really the smart, intelligent ones that run everything. They just do it they just do it from the back seat. They don't they don't they don't stand in front of the goofy men. They run everything from behind, and they put the goofy men in front. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you, see, you know, they're going to see the Iron Bank, and the Iron Bank, they, don't, they seem like some of them loan officers that you really don't want to play with. You don't want to joke around with them. They're like loan sharks. They're like the mafia. Yeah, they kind of give you the, a mafia type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Now, after Arya kills Marin Trent, viciously like she she kind of brutalizes him before she kills him she pokes out his eyes and she she does a whole bunch of brutal stuff before she really really kills him she tells him her name like i'm Arya stark what's my name bitch yeah she goes snoop dog and the faceless men are not pleased they aren't Mm -mm. he's instantly struck blind blind as punishment for killing someone other than her intended target and she can't be no one and seek vengeance as Arya Stark. She went there to become no one. So that's where we leave Arya. She's blind and she's being punished and she's 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 she can't be both. She can't be Arya Stark and a faceless man. So she has to decide. And I guess this season we'll see does she want to be Arya Stark or does she want to be one of the faceless men assassins? Yeah. It's it's I mean for obvious reasons she's kind of struggling with it i mean i'm still trying to grasp the concept of the whole faceless men kind of thing it's all pretty deep and mystical and mysterious it's crazy i hope this season they reveal a little bit more about the faceless men and that whole religion because it's it's pretty fascinating but it's also they're basically servants of death and they have no identity yeah they don't, I mean, they're, I, they're almost dead themselves it's like you're no one right so you're i, I dead, get you yeah, I get that, but still, I, I, I need some details. You know what I mean? Like, no details. <laughs> they give you the gift, <laughs> the many faced God gift, and that's all the details you know. Next thing you know, someone be walking up and down Anaheim looking like you're killing people. <laughs> Fuck that. I need some details. <laughs> Before I join this faceless man, is there a brochure? Is that exactly you know, on this? You know, who are the founders? Like, can, I, can you explain this to me? <laughs> I have a glass of this water. A man, a man is thirsty for knowledge. Drink, drink this water. <laughs> now that water is poison. <laughs> Shit, I ain't drinking that water. <laughs> no, the Flint water. This is this is the good water. <laughs> please, please. Next thing is all over. 
<laughs> but I digress. Meanwhile, at the wall, Jon Snow and Stannis Baratheon are trying to convince your boy Mance Raider, leader of the Wildlings, to join forces. Mm-hmm. You want forces so they can take back Winterfell. Mance, of course, refuses. Stannis decides to burn him alive. But Jon Snow, who's the hero, shoots an arrow in his heart and gives him a mercy kill. Mercy, mercy, mercy. This, of course, endears him to the wildlings, kind of pisses Stannis off. But it was a good move, man. It was a good move. It was. It was a good move. And I think, you know, it showed his character. Stannis then offers John a chance to join his service, you know, leave the Night's Watch. You know, I'll name you John Stark, and you can have command of Winterfell after we take it over. John refuses and later is elected as Lord Commander of the Night's Watch because Maester Aemon made the final vote. It was pretty close between him and Captain Dick, Sir Alistair Thorne. Yes. Sir Alistair Thorne reminds me of a gym teacher I had. (laughs) And I acted like that, like, you don't want to play dodgeball today? You didn't bring your shorts? I I thought he reminded you of one of your frat brothers. That's what you said last season. Well, no, I'm saying I understand why I was hazing people. You know, you haze them a little bit, but just after they join, you stop hazing. He doesn't stop. He yeah. just keeps hazing. That was my point last year. <laughs> he stops hazing. He loves to haze forever. He, he only joined the frat to haze. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he he's a he masochist. Fuck community service. He doesn't care about that. I just want to haze. Right. He's a masochist. He just want to inflict pain. Now, when John is, is elected as commander of the Night's Watch, he starts giving out some commands. He gives out a command to Jano Slint to go to the, one, what is it, the Shadow Tower? Yes. A little history of Jano Slint, if you remember, in season one, he was the commander of the City Watch who betrayed Ned Stark with Littlefinger. Mm. When Ned Stark walked into the throne room and said, hey, Joffrey, you're illegitimate. He yeah. said, City Watch, arrest Cersei, arrest joffrey arrest them all jano slint was the guy that put the knife and turned on ned and Littlefinger grabbed him and said i told you not to trust him so he betrayed ned stark so he's always had a problem with john snow and the starks well once he declines john snow's order john snow even asked him are you declining a direct order yes i don't respect you blah 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 ali get my sword like fuck you john snow you don't know nothing Ali, get my sword. And in in an homage to the very first scene of Game of Thrones, episode one, season one, yep. the, who carry, the man who gives out the sentence should carry out the punishment. Mm-hmm. John says, get a stump, and he takes him out. This is one of my favorite scenes from season five. And one of my favorite scenes from the whole show is when Jon Snow took Jano Slint's head. Because Jano Slint, at that moment, he was Billy Badass. Mm-hmm. He was real hardcore. Until he saw that steel. <laughs> Until he saw the sword getting ready to come down. Oh, I'm always scared. Oh, I'm always a bitch. Oh, I'll do anything. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm scared right now. I'm pissed. Yep. Head off. Yep. So Jon Snow, his, I mean, he wasn't even on the job. Like That's like all of a sudden you become boss. And you ain't even on the job for like an hour. And you just got to fire somebody right away. Mm-hmm fashion like you know gotta go gotta go you know and, and right away like 48 laws of power style that was a beautiful scene stannis falls well stannis falls i mean 
Stannis is so black and white. There's no gray area with Stannis. He's either like, you do this or you don't. And his plans fail. He tries to go to Winterfell. And his attacks against the Boltons get destroyed due to Ramsay. Because Ramsay brought 20 good northern men to destroy his supplies and his horses. Anything about warfare, you know that your supplies are almost the most important thing for an army. If your army doesn't have any food, you're going to lose. Yeah, especially when you got people who are fighting just because, like, you know, (laughs) there's food. (laughs) And money, so now there's no food. You want a mutiny, make motherfuckers hungry. Right. Like, there is no crime to the hungry man. (laughs) Like, nothing is wrong to a hungry person. Mm -mm. I'll do whatever I got to do to get some bologna and some cheese. Right. So Stannis is stressed. Like, he's losing his forces. He's losing his supplies. So... Melisandre, who had already asked him to get some king's blood from his daughter once before when he refused, hits him again and says, hey, if you would have did what I said, burn that little girl up, kill her, get some king's blood, you know, you would have had better success. And Stannis caves. Right. One minute he's like, no. The next minute when he's losing, he's like, yes. And Stannis kind of kills his own daughter. To appease the red god that I don't even think he believes in. You yeah. think Stan believes in the red god? I think he does. Do you? I don't. He doesn't seem like he's religious. Come on, man. I mean, he's got to believe. He killed his daughter. I mean, I know he's not the best dad in the world. But I've always thought Stannis just saw it as a means to an end. I don't believe he's a religious person. I don't know if he's. I don't know if. Well, when you say believe, what do you mean? I think he believes it works clearly. I think I think he likes the results. I think he likes the results of how it killed Renly. I think he likes the results of how, you know, he got... I think right, he, so he believes in it. He believes I, that the, the power he, is real and that it works. <laughs> I don't know if he believes... I think he's happy that Rob Stark died, like Joffrey died. So, I mean, I think he's... I think he's seen some evidence, so he's... But I don't think in his heart he really believes in the Red God. I don't, I've never got that impression from Stannis. I don't believe he's a fanatic, but I mean, clearly the dude sacrificed his daughter. So he's got to believe something. Now, see, I think Stannis just cares more about winning than anything else. And if whatever I got to do to win, I'll do it. Well, yeah, he must must believe that it will work, though. Well, he's had some evidence. That being said, (laughs) as his daughter burnt up, which is a really heart wrenching scene when she's like, Daddy, you know, where's my dad? And two soldiers pick her up and take her up to the stake like Joan of Arc and burn her up. It was was really sad. And the mother tried to stop it and she couldn't stop it. And she ends up hanging herself the very next day. And after most of his army sees him burn up his daughter, half of his soldiers leave, too. So now Stannis lost his daughter, lost his wife, lost half of his soldiers, and he still decides to attack Winterfell, and they're decimated. I mean, it looks like it's about 2,000 to 20,000. Stannis might have 2,000 men, and and Winterfell has, the Boltons have like 20,000, and his army is destroyed. But Stannis lives only long enough for Brienne to allegedly kill him. I don't believe Brienne kills him. I think she killed him. But if she did, it would make sense because that would her be that would finally 
her oath. Her, her oath. Her promise, her oath to Renly. Exactly. Know, he was the only one there. And she said she saw Stannis coming there in, in a, a ghost smoke form. So, Dino and I have disagreed. I don't think Stannis is dead. But you believe he is. Yes, I do. Why do you believe that? Because I don't believe... as That's like one of Brienne's... Uh, probably her biggest oath. Or the biggest... Like how Arya... To me, Brienne not killing Stannis would have been just as crazy as Arya letting Sir Marin Trant get away. Because as, just like Arya was obsessed with Sir Marin Trant, uh, Brienne was obsessed with of uh, 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 getting revenge for Renly's death, and she pledged she she pledged to kill him, and she has the opportunity. He's there, wounded. And, and on death's door anyway, and she has a chance to kill him, and she didn't do it, oh, th- there's no way. There's no way she didn't kill him. Now, it just doesn't seem honorable. Brienne is, is an honorable, you know, she wants to be considered equal like the men. She doesn't want to defeat someone who's already defeated. No, that's, no. that No, what takes, pre- no, no, uh-uh. You got it all wrong. But we'll see. <laughs> and you better hope Stannis is, Ladies and gentlemen, if Stannis shows up in season six, there will be an episode of Pot of Thrones, which is nothing but me going at Dino <laughs> for 45 minutes. I don't know why you should. Oh, I guess because you'll finally be right about something. So I guess you're going to dedicate 45 minutes to 45, it. <laughs> 45 minutes. Because <laughs> all my predictions are the ones that they turn out to be true. So Hound shows back up 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I'm promising everybody. Every now, all this is going on with Stannis. My boy Peter Baelish is being the snake that he is. He's making arrangements with Roose Bolton to med San- to wed Sansa Stark to his son Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Also in King's Landing, telling Cersei that the Boltons kidnapped Sansa. So he's playing both sides. Like Littlefinger is is a sneaky fucking dude <laughs> he also has taken over control of the veil and he already take i think he already owns um what's the place heron hall so he has heron hall mm-hmm. Vale, and he's hoping to get sansa in winterfell so he can have control i mean he's really he's really working the board when you really look at Littlefinger, he's really the most dangerous person in this whole thing yeah he is and he's actually looking like the favorite right now <laughs> Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he is. He really. There's a very good scene when he's in Winterfell with Sansa, and they're in the crypt, and she's talking to her aunt Lyanna and lighting a match in which Sansa goes over the story of how Rhaegar kidnapped and raped her, <laughs> and Littlefinger looks at her and is like, "Is that the story they told you?" And he's like, "Okay, let me just shut up. That's not what happened." No, his face, his facial expression is like, "That's not what happened." Right. It's not- which goes back to the Rihanna plus Rhaegar equals Jon Snow. Snow. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of points. I mean, in season four, Oberyn even said Rhaegar left my sister for another woman. There's a whole bunch of hints that have kind of you know set that up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a big twist and it's all been misdirection. Yeah, because 
George R. R. Martin. That's what he likes. He likes to screw you up, make you think things are going one way, and then swipe it way to the left. But Sansa eventually marries Ramsay. Yeah. The heart tree. And who gives her away? Reek. The broken Theon Greyjoy. And then the most controversial scene of season five was when Ramsay, on the wedding night, he wants some of that ginger booty. He wants some of it. And he... Somebody say rape. <laughs> he rapes <laughs> Sansa. He rapes Sansa. And Sansa's been such a tragic figure this whole season. I hope season six, she finally grows a pair and is like, fuck this. I'm about to start tearing some people up. But I want to give props to Emmy for neck acting and the shakes. The gotta go to Reek Theon Greyjoy because when he was forced to watch the rape, I mean, the Parkinson's act that he had, I mean, the amount of shaking he did was breakdance excellence. And I want to give him an award. I want to at least give him a nomination for that. Because <laughs> Reek had to watch and he was just... He was shaking how, how I shake when the police are behind me and I know I don't have a license. I mean, he was shaking. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. He was he was shaking. Now, after this, Sansa's miserable. She's like, he comes every night to get me. And she tries to escape, but Reek tells on her and Ramsay flays her friend, the one lady that says the North remembers. And she eventually gets to Theon, though. She eventually gets to him, and he kind of comes back Darth Vader style and throws Miranda over the cliff, and she breaks her neck. And that was dope. Hmm? That was dope. You like that part? Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know that Miranda, she was in um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe Chronicles of Narnia. She's the little girl, the very little little girl. Oh no, I did not know that. And so she grew up to be. A mean, evil kennel master who's taking it from behind by Ramsay Snow. But she was so cute in Narnia. She was like, oh, hey, Mr. Thomas. Yeah, that was her. But she breaks her neck and Sansa and Theon decide to jump for it. While the army's away and nobody's there watching them, they jump off the side of Winterfell into allegedly a snowbank. You know, that's the last we saw of Theon and Sansa. Yeah, they're alive. Because we've seen the previews. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't see that part. But you the previews for season six already? Nah. You haven't seen the commercials? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they're not alive then. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're not alive. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jon Snow, as Lord Commander, makes a controversial decision to strike a bargain with the wildlings. He's going to let them live south of the wall if they join him in allegiance against the White Walkers when the war happens. So he heads the hard home. Yes. With the boy Tormund. My man, redheaded Tormund. Mm-hmm. They go to hard home where all the wildlings have gathered. I, don't, I guess they're running from the White Walkers because they're all there. All the tribes are there. Maybe they were waiting for Mance Raider to give them a sign. Uh huh. But they get there. And of course, you know, what's his name? The Lord of Bones comes up to Tormund talking a little shit. It's like, hey, when I last saw you, you were. Fighting the crows. Now you're one of the crows, bitch. Mm-hmm. Tormund doesn't doesn't uh doesn't take lightly to this, and he commences to beat that ass. Oh yeah, Lord of Bones, out of there, out of there. So Jon Snow and Tormund try to talk to the wildlings about, hey, we're gonna let you guys, you know, south of the wall, come with us. 
you know, we have a bigger enemy. We both have the same enemy. The White Walkers are coming. Winters, so join us. And a lot of them are like, no, until. <laughs> Who shows up on the hill? Four White Walkers and their army of the undead. Yeah. So everybody was kind of on on the fence. A few people, a few wildlings were like, yeah, I'll do it. But once the White Walkers show up and attack, <laughs> they all decide, hey, let's go. Great scene. Great episode. Hard home. Jon Snow fighting the White Walker, trying to get to the Dragon Stone, you know, because he's been told that it'll kill the White Walkers. He can't get to it. He's fighting one of the White Walkers, and the White Walker's icicle destroys his sword. But what happens, Dino? Well... They destroy his, uh, the sword, but he um, actually he goes for the dragon glass, right? He does go for the dragon glass, and then uh, but uh, he's not able to get it because um, it gets knocked out of the way or something. So he's not able to reach it, and so he makes it outside. It's long claw, and gets long claw, and then long claw <laughs> is uh, made out of Valerian steel. And uh, it makes uh, light work of these walkers. And the, the face that George Carlin made when he tried to hit Longclaw and it didn't break because, you know, they're used to their ice magic breaks normal steel. Right. But Aryan steel. And when he slashes through George Carlin, that's the end of his stand-up career. <laughs> on, and on top of the ridge, the Night's King looks down and it's like, hmm. I like him. I'm going <laughs> to up in the draft to get him. Make him a first-round draft pick. Hmm. But they can't win this fight. These guys have dead people falling off the cliff, dying and coming back to life and just rushing. I mean, we get to see the giant 1-1 who's about, how, how tall you think he is? 20 feet tall? 10 no, feet no, tall? no. I think he's more like, I think dude is like 40 feet tall. At least <laughs> forty feet tall. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. He's he's squashing grown men under his foot like it is nothing. Yeah, and they're jumping on his back like my sister used to do back in '86, and he's just flinging people off of him and stepping on people. I mean, he's so big he just walks into the ocean like Godzilla. Yeah, he can't even fit <laughs> on. A, he can't even fit on a ship. No, he. But literally, he walks past the boats, and he's still like raised right. up exactly. In the ocean. <laughs> right, you gotta love one 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 kind of stole stole the season because you were like everybody hears about giants, but he's I think he's the last giant too. He is the last one. Yeah, I think he's the last one. The last one because him and his brother were the last two, and they killed his brother. His brother on the raid on Castle Black. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Jon Snow and the Wildlings, you know, they escape. They get on the boats. You know, they're getting away, and Jon's looking like, man, I lost a lot of people. And the Night's King comes down to the pier. He looks at him, raises his hands, and all the people that were killed come back to life and join his army. Rise up. Turned them into whites. Mm-hmm. And Jon Snow looks like, fuck. Like, everybody's fighting over everything else. We need to rally everybody. We need to get all our resources together. This is, this is the problem. Nothing else is the problem. <laughs> like Stannis, Winterfell, nothing is the problem. This is the problem that we have to deal with. Yes. Now, while all this is happening, some of the Night's Watchmen back at Castle Black are trying to get some of that wild thing from Gilly. 
They're like, yeah, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. No, that's real ripe. You know, because there's no girls up there. <laughs> right. Well, Sam tries to protect her. He gets beat down, but Ghost for the save. Ghost comes in to the rescue. And this leads Sam into his first night of passion and ecstasy. Because <laughs> Gilly gives him some of that nappy nappy. <laughs> Sam is happy. He's like, man, I, it took me took me 25 years and I had to come way to the wall. But finally, I got some from a girl who can't read a little bit. But um, it was beautiful. He can't even wait to tell John. He's like, John, I got some. Smell my finger. Oh, you nasty. Oh, oh. You nasty. Then Master Amon Targaryen dies, which is pretty significant because he says something when he dies. He says, egg, egg. <laughs> but that's something before that. He says, a, a Targaryen all alone in the world is a, is a terrible thing. And they immediately show Jon Snow after he says that. Hmm. Then Jon Snow is fighting, you know, the Night's King and all that. Then Master Aemon dies, which is terrible because he was really an ally of Sam and Jon Snow. And he was the Mad King's great uncle. Right. Knew everything. He was intelligent. So we we, we lost. I always liked Master Aemon, especially since season one, his speech where he said love is the death of duty. I always thought he was a great character. Rest in peace, man. He's one of the only people that we lost. That I feel, and I know he's dead. He's dead, Dino. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and but I always remember him every Christmas when he sings, "My name is Snow Miser." <laughs> Starts to freeze in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. I'm Mister Cold Winter. I always love Master Amon in that episode. <laughs> he does look like Master Amon. <laughs> Now, Jon Snow returns to the wall with all the wildlings. They look defeated. You know, they look shocked. A lot of them, the Night's Watchmen look like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we letting our enemies in? Everybody's astonished by the size of one one who I don't believe could have got through the door. How'd he get through the door? He probably just stepped over the wall. He ain't that big. The wall <laughs> that big. So Jon gets the wildlings there. He makes good on his promise. Now, the Night's Watch is not happy about this. You know, they've they've been mortal enemies for years. So, the Night's Watchmen trick Jon Snow into an opening, claiming they have information on his uncle, Benjen Stark. Mm. Jon runs in there, and he sees a sign that says, Traitor. And the Night's Watchmen stab him. For the watch. For the watch. For the watch. Only Ollie's left. And John has a romantic moment where he looks at Ollie and he's almost like, A2, Brute. And Ollie stabs him. But he looks a little conflicted by it. But he says, For the watch. And all we see is John Snow's eyes wide open and blood running down his side, fade to black, into season six. Now you're all caught up and you're ready for Sunday. That's right. All caught up. No excuses. What do you expect expect this Sunday? Oh, it's no telling because they could leave. They could, they could start us off where we left off. There was so many of the stories that are kind of hanging 
Or they could start us off with Bran, who we haven't seen since season uh, four, which I'm thinking that they're going to do. I think they, they might start us off with Bran first. I expect the Hound to show back up. <laughs> there you go again with the Hound. Oh, brother. I expect Catelyn Stark to show back up. Well, okay. I can see Cat- Catelyn, but the, the Hound, come on now. And I expect Brienne of Tarth to die. Okay, I can see that. And I expect Marjorie to go crazy. Mm, interesting. I think Marjorie's going to go crazy. She's always been able to manipulate people with her sexuality. Now she's not able to do it. I think she's going to become tyrannical and evil and, and crazy. That's what I expect. Wow. Interesting. We shall see. We shall see. Pot of Thrones. I am Latone Hart. You can find me at Latone Hart on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. L-A-T-O-N-E-H-E-A-R-T. 730 show when I decide to do one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did the, what, one this year? I did. I did like four this year. No, you did not. I did. Man, I got You I, did not. You did four... I from, did a couple in March. You, you did you did four from between now and uh, the beginning of last year. You've done Ladies four. Gentlemen, it is quality, not quantity. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be here every week on the Pot of Thrones on the Red Rock. <laughs> Red Rock bitch pass, whatever the hell it is. What? <laughs> Red Rock bitching channel. <laughs> Charlie Bell, where you at? Charlie uh, Bell, you get caught up on Game of Thrones, really. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it. So we'll see you guys all uh, next week after episode one, season six. That's right. Later.